Now it's <laughs> what was the squeaky noise? <laughs> it was the glass rubbing against the <laughs> pop filter. <laughs> well, that's dumb. surprisingly satisfying. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to turn up the mic gain again. <laughs> it's, it's fucking okay. dumb. That was dumb. Anyway. <laughs> gonna sample that and make it into a hit you sample the door for fuck's sake like mm. you should be able to sample this dude the fucking door creaking video still gets views and i, I think it mainly it, <laughs> it i think it started to pop up on a few recommended uh, lists i mean it is a funny video though Thank you. People from India and America have been commenting on it and it slowly gains views. And there was so, some dude one year ago who was like, this is going to be a meme someday. Maybe it will be. <laughs> so uh, Chris, a little while back, did a video and accompanying short song with uh, a creaking door and it's surprisingly good. <laughs> <laughs> but does Melly, your other half, ever think... What the fuck is he up to? Like when she sort of sees you wandering around videoing yourself and stuff. <laughs> um, I haven't done a video in so long. So I think she doesn't even. <laughs> like, okay. she, she doesn't even. <laughs> um, how long ago was the creaking door? Over a year. Oh shit. It's almost two years in January. January 28, 2020. In my old uh, flat. The two-year anniversary of your creaking door video in your old flat. Yeah, the one where we had our first interview. We did. Yeah. Where it all began. Where it all began. Where it, from there it went downhill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking of going downhill, we actually have a proper episode to do. So, nice. Uh, <laughs> should we jump in? Great segue. <laughs> yeah. What's coming up <laughs> Speaking of shit. <laughs> We're going to be talking about some of the music we've been listening to over the past few weeks on our little podcast break of sorts. Um, we'll be reviewing some new music. I've got uh, some new music that's been sent to me from a band called Big Feast, Marissa Nadler, Kate LeBon. Chris has been listening to Cradle of Filth, Childish Gambino, Blackpink again. <laughs> and uh, and something from Justin Bieber, which, uh, okay. And, of course, we're going to talk about Porcupine Tree because that track is excellent. Yep. And then we're going to, later on, talk to something a bit more that's, that someone asked for a little while ago. As we're trying to sort of speak to amateur musicians too and aspiring musicians, someone asked what are some of the mistakes we've made as musicians who have had a little bit of exposure here and there, not so much me, more Chris than me, but we've been out there and learned some lessons as well. So we're mm -hmm. going to talk about our biggest musical mistakes later on. And then Desert Island Playlist. That's that. Noise. Before we jump into that, though, Fine Heart Band, what's going on there? You told me the other day you're thinking of some new direction or something for them or for yeah, your band. We, we were thinking because, <laughs> like, Productivity hasn't been that high, mainly because of COVID and shit. Um, and usually, I was the one who was preparing like all the riffs, all the all the stuff, 
all the everythings uh, and Benny and Flo just played their parts and we were trying to like make it more into a form it into a real like let's let's uh, get together in a rehearsal room and actually write together a stuff style band so I just wrote two riffs uh, without any drums or anything else and we just like started jamming on those riffs and like figuring out song structures and everything and it's going to be a little more metal than usual mm -hmm. so I always say I'm not a metal guy anymore but apparently I still am <laughs> Um, because like the, the songs that always worked best live and resonated the most with people were the, like the quote unquote harder ones, mm, mm. like, Oh, two best friends, uh, chasing spirits, uh, counting wolves, whatever, like all those with heavy guitars and mm. fast riffs. Um, so we were like, let's just hone in on those strengths we mm, mm. might may have. And yeah, so we, we're thinking about like all the demos we still uh, have lying around just scrapping them putting them aside for I don't know when maybe for a b-side stuff album and just start anew and give it more of an more of an edge if you will and just be more of an actual band than a solo project with side musicians nice. which it, it used to be this right that that that's what it what I started with was a mm. solo project. Mm. Uh yeah, but now we're thinking about or like we we're not thinking about we're actually doing it. Um yeah, being more of a, a band in yeah, like a, a, in a classic sense. Yeah, yeah. But that's cool. I yeah. mean I mean it would have a different dynamic, I guess, but the collaborative aspect of it I think will be fun and beneficial at least, if yeah. not a bit stressful. <laughs> yeah but uh, like Benny and Flo are so creative in their own ways and they like have their own experiences uh, I mean both of them have been playing their instruments for almost 20 years I was gonna say they're super skilled and super chilled yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah I don't think that it's going to suck as hard <laughs> it will not no you'll be fine I think it'll be good <laughs> Yeah, so we'll probably we'll be releasing new stuff in maybe spring, spring twenty twenty two, I think. But cool, so new music in the spring of two thousand twenty two, or as we call it, month twenty five, twenty six, and twenty seven of two thousand and twenty. Yeah, <laughs> month twenty five of the two week flattening the curve. Interval. Yeah, like what the hell is going on anymore? Like shit just got bad again. Like, I don't mm. really. Anyway, let's move on from that one. Yep. I like these conspiracy theories. Though. Like, it gives you 5G. I'm like, my phone doesn't even have 5G. <laughs> <laughs> that means I'm more advanced than my phone. <laughs> Already received my instructions from, from Bill Gates right into my brain. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited, by the way. The next episode after this one is my favorite one of the year. Always is. The Christmas and end of year special. Nice. where we just Where we do the BPM Pod Awards and talk about how much we hate Christmas. <laughs> which I can't wait for. So some of the categories this time, and by the way, if you have suggestions for categories, Chris, or anyone else, please submit them. Employee the of the month. 
employer. Well, that's you. Beyond you've won that one. <laughs> Murph, um, yeah, for keeping us entertained. <laughs> the BPM recurring recurring guest of the year. So, who's been on here the most times? I think that's gonna be Chance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Instinctively, I think it's Chance. Does he get a present? We should send him a gift, and it should be shit. <laughs> like really terrible. Like actual shit or no 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 no. no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> We're not masters. We're not monsters. A burning um, bag of poo. <laughs> and he stamps it out on his door. Yeah. Do. <laughs> uh the BPM pod tracks of the year, so we'll both pick uh, two or three there. Uh we'll pick our album of the year. It can either be unsigned talent or super famous people. It doesn't matter which, but the best album you've heard in the last year. We'll do the Worst Gag of the Year Award because you and I have made some terrible gags <laughs> over, over these episodes. Uh, the BPM Pod I Wish I'd Never Said That Award, which I already have some ideas for. And the big one, this one's semi-serious, the Artist to Watch Award. An artist each who's a little bit under the radar maybe mm. or who isn't sort of selling out stadiums, but who we think should get more recognition. Cool. So that one will do. So I can't say The War on Drugs. Because they're way too famous uh, now. Speaking of which, what have we been listening to? All right, as I mentioned, the war on drugs. I'll start. Yeah, uh, you I don't. I don't live here anymore. <clears throat> Made a whole podcast episode about it mm-hmm. because it's so fucking good. <laughs> so go and listen to it. Lovely eighties Springsteen sounding rock that's also blended with a little bit of um, kind of Joy Division-y, Brian Adams, Don Henley ish. I really like it. So uh, definitely check that out. My favorite um, track is Harmonious Dream. Harmonious Dream is wonderful. Yeah, I especially that, like the the lead synth sound uh, in the middle of the song. I think that track is so good. It mm-hmm. might be my favorite track from them ever. Oh, right. Actually, Chris, what about you? Uh, I've listened to the new Cradle of Filth album. Existence is futile, and which like is I, a fucking good album name yeah (laughs) pretty good album uh nothing unusual here from cradle since their last major lineup change, they found their niche style because Cradle of Filth is one of those bands who have a massive <laughs> track record of changing out, sw- uh, sw- uh, switching out band members. Mm. Um, but this lineup, uh, apart from the keyboard player who's in, who's new, uh, has been pretty constant for the last years. And they're releasing quality album after quality album, but nothing that's like there's there are no really surprises on there, which isn't mm. a bad that's thing. That's not a bad thing, but it's also not like you're like yeah, you listen to it. Yep, that's a good album, but nothing stands out and nothing like stays with you for long. Mm. But yeah, mm. still uh, was looking very much forward to it. Of course, they release it on Halloween. I think. And the cover art is also weird. There's a devil guy who's shitting out people. He eats people okay. and he's shitting them out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Childish Gabino, you've also been listening to, right? 
Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, isn't it your turn now? Are we? Are we not? I'm done with all of mine. No, I'm done with all of mine. Oh, Very okay. Quick. Yeah, Charles Gambino. I was in in Berlin uh, in in Alexa. If uh, anybody out there uh, knows the Berlin Mall, the Great Berlin Mall, Alexa. And dude, if you want to buy CDs, you can go to MediaMarkt. There, there's a huge collection of CDs there. Mm. Pretty, pretty cool. And I found a Charles Gambino album which was released in 2013, so I'm really not up to date. But, dude, when I listen to this album, I get why people say that rock music isn't creative anymore. <laughs> Because mm. it's such a cool... Like, if I didn't know better, I would say this is what prog rock is now. Mm. Or, like, a progressive music album. It's so weird and so cool and surrealistic. And, yeah just just like Donald Glover is so creative in what he does mm, mm. really inspiring stuff like not an easy one to listen to um I have to be in a certain mood for it mm, like it's not mm. something you can listen in the background because it's so yeah just weird at times but something for listening to on multiple like system on headphones on on speakers uh, because you can find so many details in there mm, mm. pretty fucking cool yeah because the internet charge can be no Then I have some hashtag niggas be like put a plus 18 on an e-bike and I said what I felt no rewrite rewrite nah nah they can't hold me yep, yep. now the the next one though the next one you have on your list is uh <laughs> is it a black pink one yeah my god just tell me like <laughs> seriously can I just say by the way yep my hypothesis was correct we put the word K-pop in the title of the episode And he got like a thousand listens. Really? Ridiculous. Yeah. So we need to be tapping into K-pop more just for popularity purposes. I got you, bro. <laughs> so here we go. The K-pop <laughs> segment. <laughs> no, because uh, I can't shut up about uh, Blackpink these days. Um, Melly actually went out of her way to get me a Blackpink CD for my birthday. And... No local store has this shit available, right? I didn't even know there was there were physical copies. I think this. I thought this was music that was only released uh, on on Spotify, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So she she went to an, an another electronic store and was like, "I I wanna I wanna order a CD. Could you could you please order it for me?" And um, they were like, "Yeah, of course. What what you, what would you like?" And and she was like, "Blackpink." And they were well. What's that? What, what kind of music is that? <laughs> and, it's K and she was like, yeah, it's K-pop. K-pop? Yeah, What the hell is this? Okay, we'll order it for you. And a couple of weeks later, she found them. Has my CD arrived? And they were like, oh, it's a K-pop one, right? Yeah, I think the K-pop one is already here. You can come pick it up. So all of all of the store knew about the K-pop CD that <laughs> had to had be ordered. And yeah, um... The album itself, huh? There are pretty cool tracks on there. My favorite one is "Hang On." I don't even know the names yet. Just be careful to it because we could offend our entire 
K-pop <laughs> fan base if you Best pick thing the wrong track. Of the album is it's called the album in all caps. <laughs> Sorry, I was impersonating a fangirl going yeah. mad. Oh, great. Um pretty savage. That's my favorite one. <laughs> With 209 million clicks on Spotify. So if we don't get at least two of them mentioning it now, I'm going to be annoyed. Uh, Pretty Savage is cool. I like You Never Know. That's the last one. And How You Like That is also the first one. It was one of the singles, but there's so much, and that's that's what I not what I don't like about pop albums. There's so much filler stuff on there, mm. like songs where I'm like, you, you cannot tell me that those were like the best shit you had laying no, around. No. Like it's just stuff to fill the album with. There's one with Cardi B on there, which is awful. Like. Of course, somebody will like it, but actually, oh, it's so it's it's the one with almost the least amount of plays on Spotify. So the song can't be that good. No. And Melly bought herself another album. Um, what's her name? Rodriguez, the one with um, mm-hmm. driver's license, mm-hmm. which is a great song. I love that one. And um, we listened to the whole album in the car, and I was like, "There's so much like just stuff that's none." It's just not interesting. It's just mm. noise. Like the, the, of course, the usual four chords, but and the melodies aren't exciting or anything. It's weird. Mm. I mm. bought myself once a Lana Del Rey CD because I yeah. loved video games and yeah. summertime yeah. sadness. And but all of her singles are good. The albums are yeah. just not like yeah yeah. It's so I weird. Bought, I bought one on vinyl and actually gave it away in the end and vinyls aren't cheap either so I was kind of like but it just wasn't good like yep. and I don't really know why it was very mediocre just yeah media yeah that's the right word mediocre right so yeah but uh yeah blackpink so 50-50 on the good tracks and uh, tracks okay yeah now I got my first official k-pop cd in my collection sweet <laughs> so going from k-pop though you've got other things that are aren't k-pop at all and actually not that jolly this next one because uh it's someone we talked about before who's who's sadly passed away since. yeah uh, it's alexi laiho's uh last release before his uh very early death uh, bodom after midnight after he after children of bodom uh quit and uh, they released a single like actually three songs paint the sky with blood really cool stuff like really heavy uh, two songs, but the third one is a well, a ballad, quote unquote, <laughs> like what a ballad would be for a melodic death metal band, and it's in three fours. Uh, time measure is that the right word? Time signature. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, pretty pretty cool. Um, makes me makes me really sad uh, to listen to the stuff. Like I said before, uh, I looked up to the guy and played a huge part in my 
musical development and saw them on festivals and whatever. So yeah, still pretty upset about his untimely death. Yep. 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 But still, good music at least yeah. is that, to remember him with. So that's good. He left um, behind a legacy. Absolutely, legacy. Absolutely did so. Let's stay on music for a minute and things we've been listening to and reviews of stuff. Uh, why not? While we're in this sort of mood of catching up after a month of no podcast. So uh, what else have we been listening to? Uh, should we start with the song I know we've both listened to and we both have thought, thoughts on, which is cool. Porcupine yeah. Tree. track so you told me they're going on tour and i and that they're releasing new music and i kind of had an inkling that they might because on an episode about six weeks ago we mentioned them and i tagged them on instagram and just out of some vain hope that they ever see it but you know maybe steve wilson will he sits around his house a lot in the minute i saw a wonderful interview with him maybe maybe he will but i doubt it and i said to you at the time oh that's weird because now they've deleted all of their instagram and it's just like bizarre pictures and references. And, and normally when artists do this, it's like, oh, it's a teaser for something. Yeah. So I had a suspicion something was coming. And then you sent me it saying, they're on tour or something. And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. Now, I'm not a massive Porcupine Tree fan. And I've only really been exposed to them for the last three months, maybe. So I've listened to a lot more stuff since. Um, just on in the background. Some of it I like, some of it I don't so much. But then I thought, okay. Chris has told me they're going on tour. They're releasing new music. I'll listen to this new song. What a fucking track this is. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. I, and, and that's a lot of swearing, which I've been told we need to cut out because I don't mark these podcasts as explicit. By but whom? By Apple and all those other fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to swear, it's motherfuckers, gonna... now. This is a fucking track. It's great. <laughs> And I knew it was going to be great just from the bass riff at the beginning. I was like, uh, oh, this is going to be cool. Like, And I could already tell it's in five, I think. And I was like, five, four, maybe. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be great. The, the breakdown in the middle, keeping in mind I'm someone who only just listened to, uh, listened to anesthetize very recently. Mm. But it sort of hit me in the same way that did. Where I was like, I did not see that coming. Like, great. Um, and I actually asked my dad, like, what he thought of it, because I'm trying to get oh, him wow. into it now. And he said, and I actually think he's got a point, it kind of sounds like someone blended Genesis with Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> and I'm like, actually, 
that's not a million miles away from what yeah. this track sounds like. Yeah. Like it somewhere is a little bit like that. So what I, what I really love as I've dug into them a little bit more recently, Malin been listening to In Absentia. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great album. Actually, I really like that. Um, is that actually when you strip it all back, nothing, no individual part is actually that difficult. Like I watched an interview about how in nearly every porcupine tree song, it's all based around D chords and, and that basically every single one is just in different <laughs> tunings and stuff and just around the D shape all the time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, weird. None of it's com- like really too difficult, but the way it's pieced together and just filled in with some of the best fucking drums. It's, yeah. It's insane. I'm like, just, it really is just like a collaborative effort. You know, like it, it's like they're all individual parts really contribute to a whole. Like, I just loved it. I really love this track. Actually, really, really loved it. And I love that people now, I think because of YouTube and streaming and things, and there's less pressure on getting radio play, a lot of singles recently have been long. They're not sort of three minutes, like mm. pop stuff is. But a lot of rock has sort of been five, six, maybe even eight, ten minutes. And I'm loving this new trend. It's like, no, this is great. Like, I want to listen to a song like for that long. Yeah. So, no, I really loved it. What about you? This is where you shit all over it now. No, no, no. Um, um, it's uh, dude, uh, not my favorite track of them, but still like getting to hear Gavin Harrison again playing with Stephen Wilson is just it makes uh, my heart a flutter. So, uh, yeah, just just Gavin Harrison for me is one of like, if not my favorite musician of all time. Other music we've been listening to that I want to review. Yeah. I'm going to do three quick ones in succession. They were all sent to me actually. Um, upon recommendation from a, a contact that uh, got in touch after the War on Drugs episode, who actually from the PR agency. And they sent me a bunch of these to listen to, to talk about. So they sent me some stuff to listen to. And I mean, they sent it to a mailing list of lots of people. So now we're on the media list of them. Oh, um, yeah. And I said I'd review two or three. So think of it as sponsored, but not really. Actually, I'm more thankful for it because it's nice. Like, otherwise, uh, Chris and I are just going to find rock music that we like. So it's good to listen to something different. And K-pop. Uh, she, and K-pop, fuck's sake. <laughs> and she, they sent over a few tracks. One is by someone called Kate LeBon, who I don't really know very well. I just had to quickly research around Welsh singer-songwriter and producer. A bit Kate Bushy vibes to it. It's a track called Moderation. Dude, exactly. It's... it's uh, Kate Bushy, Laura Branigany. It's not really my thing, to be honest. Um, I actually even got a bit of Tame Impala in there somewhere, but it's um, it's quite intricate and got some nice details to it. And uh, she's on the road from February 2022. So if anyone's a big fan of Kate LeBond, check it out. It was a decent track. I uh, not my thing.
jump to Marissa Nadler next because I'll save the last one for last. Uh, obviously, um, I liked this track a lot, but then yeah. as we've talked about before, we differ in our love of ambient folk music. I really like it. You seem to be sometimes a bit tired of it, whereas no, I but, really love it. But this one I actually found pretty cool. I still have it open uh, on my browser. It's really kind of haunting and actually has a very big sound, even though it's very soft and gentle. So it sounded brilliant on headphones, really. Um, it's definitely a sort of late night swirling whiskey drinking folk singer-songwriter yeah. track, for sure. Um, Marissa Nadler I first knew a lot about in 2011, and I kind of forgot about her since, quite honestly. Um, but now I'm going to have to go back and check out more stuff, because this was pretty good. And uh, new album... It's called Pass of the Clouds. It's already out now. It's pretty solid. Big Faith. We mentioned these about two months ago. I think I mentioned them. They have a song called Little Things, which is probably my favorite track of the year. Not to spoil what might be my BPM pod track of the year, because it's just different. It's the song I remember explaining. It has no set time signature. Oh, right. I remember. And and so when you first listen to it, you're like, this is crap. Like, yeah. what? And then actually you find yourself remembering phrases of it or bars of it. And you're like, oh, this is pretty cool, actually. And then you try to remember the next bar and you can't because it changes all the time. You're like, oh, this is weird. So sometimes it's 4-4, four, four, sometimes 5-4. Then it goes 11-8. Then it goes like 17 something at one point. I was like, okay, this is a head fuck. And I love that song, though. It's really good. And I don't know how they're going to replicate that live, but (laughs) I guess they will. Uh, They've got a new song, Big C, it's called Time Escaping. It's solid, like lucid, unconventional. It's more conventional than the one I just described. still 4-4, so the time signature folk rock. Um, And that's what I missed was this like complete unpredictableness of it. I really missed that. I really, really liked it. Um, and this didn't really have that. Uh, so it kind of just felt a bit forgettable track overall. Still looking forward to their new album, although it has the worst name I have ever seen of an album, Dragon New War Mountain, I Believe in You. It's awful. Like, objectively a terrible band name. Uh, an album name, sorry. So... Uh, not looking forward to that, but the if if they keep going down this experimental kind of folk music route, I'm kind of intrigued. What about you, Chris? What are you reviewing this week? I am reviewing first uh, Anna of the North. 
someone special, uh, which we came across uh, by accident while listening to a autumn playlist. Many sometimes turns these uh, playlists on on Spotify, and you actually stumble across some good music sometimes. Hmm. And yeah, I in the script I wrote that the pre-chorus and the chorus are so beautiful. I, I like I love them so much. The the verse is a bit yeah, just yeah. It's it's there to to uh, bridge the time to the chorus. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, but the sad thing is that I don't like all the other music of her. I don't really enjoy so much. I think it's a bit mm, just too 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 standard poppy stuff. Sometimes there's a bit like '80s influences there, which are cool. But yeah, this one stands totally out uh, for me. Someone special, like a really like almost somber feeling. Next up, In Flames, I the Mask. Um, I've never been. Well, we pick a really obscure album and song titles this week. I, like, <laughs> I the Mask. Okay. Underlying theme here. I've never been that much of an In Flames fan. I, a couple of buddies of mine are really big fans, and we saw them on, on Wacken Live, which was cool because mm-hmm. In Flames are a headliner band. And everybody's there. They play on Saturday, which is the the second day, like the main day of the festival. And they everything do fireworks and flaming skulls. And when In Flames are playing, I think the only other act that can that comes close to them in this regard is Nightwish when they're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from, of course, Iron Maiden and all the uh, like other classic bands if they're there so yeah and flames um their old stuff is super heavy and then they went a bit more commercial with their shit and this song i the mask is like the, the perfect mixture of uh those uh two styles um mm-hmm. again the chorus is the absolute highlight for me but the the verse is like heavy and forward and this has actually been one of my workout songs for the last uh, two weeks get I your can see why. Like it's already making me like nod along a bit, like as mm-hmm. I'm listening to it in the background. It is that's uh, pretty good. This. <clears throat> like it. Yeah. I can see how this would get you pumped. Yeah, yeah. And the like the vocalist, uh, he has this um like this vocal shout thing, uh mm-hmm. where he mm-hmm. screams but actually holds a note with it. Super cool. Like great, mm-hmm. great musician, mm-hmm. dude. Yep. Yeah, it's not just fry screaming. It's actually like melodic. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the thing that Chester <gasps> yeah. of Lincoln Park also 
mastered. Rest in peace, Mr. Now, Bennington. Now, 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 now. Now. What? What now? Oh. Now. Now, Chris. Let's let's have a talk. You don't like yeah. Linkin Park. <laughs> no, I love Linkin Park. Uh, although, oh my God. Every time we say Linkin Park, I just think of my sister with the poster in the bedroom of that like famous... Like, I think it's like a soldier on the front running. It must have been the first album, maybe. Yeah, it's hybrid theory. Oh, hybrid theory. And I could just think of that and her listening to I tried so hard. I can't shut up. Yeah. Like honestly, I like that song is good, but it's so ruined. Because it's so overflowed. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, okay, great. But I do like Lincoln Park, but my sister has ruined them for me <laughs> forever. But okay. No, 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 no. Lincoln Park. Fine. I even can tolerate Blackpink to, to a to a degree because at least it's interesting and something I don't know a lot about and want to learn more about. The next thing I don't want to know anything about ever. I wish I never knew it existed. <laughs> and sadly, this person is going to do a gig in Malmo next year, which will be the biggest gig to have ever come to Malmo, by the way. 50,000 people will be there for it. Nice. It never has gigs that big. So, Chris, what is the <laughs> last thing you're going to review? <laughs> I'm going to review a Justin Bieber song. Dude, think of the clicks, bro. Um, his featuring with a, an artist called Kid, the Kid Leroy, whom I didn't know before. Um, two and a half minute ultra pop, pop song in the think in the vein of um, the weekends. Uh, blinding lights like this whole 80s synth thing that uh, is still going on they're actually like they're getting better at it now <laughs> In incorporating it into modern pop music i mean it's of the coolest thing about it is actually the like the vocal line uh because what other thing is there in pop music than vocals mm. right um it's auto-tuned to shit but i think yes it's, uh it's actually like it's so obviously auto-tuned that it's more of an effect than uh like something they would hide that the mm. vocalist cannot sing so it, yeah not in the not like, like not like chair or t-pain are doing it but you can hear the the, the notes are so like straight up tuned mm. uh still i think it's i like uh, i love that it's go, so going forward and mm. Mm. I think Justin Bieber, it, only the second verse is uh, where he raps or sings or whatever. Yeah. So I got to admit, while I while I jokingly ridiculed you at the beginning, this song actually <laughs> isn't that bad. Like it, it's fine. Like, but yes, I'm really glad you said that. To me, and why I didn't like it when I listened to it, and so mercifully it's short. But um, aside from that, no, um, I do like the sort of '80s vibe wave that we're in since Stranger Things really brought this back in the yeah. mid-2000s. 
like 2014 or whatever it was, we've been in this kind of, oh, yeah, the 80s were actually cool kind of vibe. Um, and so I like this sort of sound, for sure. I like this very 80s synth sound. And um, I didn't think this track was that bad. What I didn't like about it was was exactly what you said. Um, not Well, not exactly what you said, but something you referenced, and that spurred me to think that's why I don't like this song. It's so similar to The weekend. Yeah. Uh, that I was like, this kind of just seems like a poor ripoff a little bit. And yeah. I like Blinding Lights. I think that's a fucking great song, actually. An objectively good song. Like, yeah. it's really got a nice vibe to it. The vocals are decent. It's mixed very well. It's a good night driving song, for sure. Oh, yeah, it is. I hate but, the snare, though. Uh, yeah, it's fine. We'll forgive it. But this, um, <laughs> so this one to me just felt like a poor parody of it a little bit, I must admit. That's why I really didn't like it. But as as arsy as I was at the beginning, it's actually not that bad. <laughs> and I, I, if I, I play it, you. if I play it to someone and didn't tell them who it was, I'm pretty sure they go, "Oh yeah, it's decent." And they'd only then think it's bad when they know Justin Bieber. Yeah, 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 dude, I actually thought that uh, I didn't even know until I started to watch live versions of it that Bieber was singing the whole song, but he's not. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Like, um, here, okay, here's the thing about the live versions. Oh man, like, don't watch them. Most of the vocals, they don't even sing. Like, mm. I'm, I'm a backing track user as well, but all the high pitched stuff, like the actual cool stuff about the song, they don't even sing themselves. Mm, mm. Um, and even the, the rest of the vocal, I mean, using, uh, who am I to judge this 18-year-old kid, the kid Leroy, I think he's 18, who's earning millions, right? Yeah. Us 31, 32-year-old sitting on our computers uh, shitting about an auto-tuned artist. <laughs> it's just exactly. sad. But it is a bit sad. Still, in, for, the, like, for musicians in general, I'm actually, yeah, we talked about it lots of times, but using autotune live is so ugh, i don't know yeah. man even the yeah. there's a there's a piano version and like a really broken down version where it's only like the killer roy and the pianist and even there he's autotuned to shit like you oh. can you can really like, again it's used as an actual effect and i'm usually i'm for like mixing these synthy vocals with acoustic instruments I think mm. a band that perfected this is um, Message to Bears. I know you love to fall. It's where super auto-tuned vocals and a lot of acoustic guitar, more more of a looper sample uh, type stuff thing. It sounds so cool. Um, but there are more than just like two elements in there. And when it's just the, the vocals and the piano, and then it's so heavily auto-tuned, uh, I'm not. I'm not a fan mm. of it. Mm-hmm. No, I know what you mean. Um- I don't really, and, and and I'm similar to you. I like it if you can blend electronic instruments with acoustic stuff. Let's face it, music is becoming more and more electronic overall. It is like I kind of think to some degree, what you can do with acoustic instruments on their own as they are standard, we've kind of exhausted that a little bit by now. So, but I, it's a bit like CGI in movies. Just because all of these funny effects are cool, doesn't mean you have to only do them. Like the best CGI in films mixes practical with CGI. Yeah. It's kind of how I feel about music as well. 
the best sort of music around today knows how to balance acoustic sounds and actual skill with some fuckery. Look yeah. over here. But to me, auto-tune doesn't fit into either. Like it kind of, I don't know, ruins it, I think, actually, overall, especially in live performances. I kind of think it just kills it. It's, it's not, I don't, it doesn't really say anything to me, but that's, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm an old man. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Justin Bieber is very successful. We probably shouldn't be shitting on him too much because uh, I think we're just jealous. Musical mistakes before we go into Desert Island Discs. Let's go into, uh, yeah, what are some of the worst mistakes we've made musically? Either preparing for music, writing music, performing music, because I know that some of you out there are amateur musicians and uh, you sort of look to us like we're, we're bigger than you and we're really not. But, yeah. um, but I'm glad you think we have that authority. Uh, so, and I was uh, suggested that we talk about some musical mistakes. And actually, that's a great idea because we all make mistakes. There are some very famous ones uh, Sting and the Police, Roxanne. The first piano chord you hear is just a bunch of notes. And uh, it was because Sting put his ass on the keyboard by accident. Uh, there's a lesser known track, but among jazz rock aficionados, they'll know Steely Dan, the. Band a song called Asia, one of the best songs of all time. Uh, there's a drumstick sort of click halfway through where he hits his sticks together. Complete mistake, but um, drummers who do the drum solo ever since have been trying to recreate it, and it's incredibly hard to recreate a mistake. <laughs> so this has uh, this has perplexed people for a long time. Pink Floyd, wish you were here. The coffin at the beginning and sniffing wasn't actually supposed to be recorded, and it did end up in there, and that's what prompted Dave Gilmore to give up smoking because he realized he sounded awful. And Eddie Van Halen once got, God rest his soul, once got lost backstage at a gig. And it was referenced to in uh, This Is Spinal Tap. And uh, Eddie Van Halen, when he saw the film, apparently didn't laugh once at this point and actually left the screen in, allegedly, because he was like, this isn't funny. Like, this has happened to me. Uh, really? So, so people make mistakes is the point. And uh, we normally grow out of them and can still make some good stuff. So we thought we would talk about that this week. Chris, you've got way more musical experience than me, to be fair. And um, you've probably got some interesting ones that actually happened at gigs and live. And I guess you've gone past them now. But tell us a couple of your musical mistakes. Okay. Um, I think I'll change the order then. Um, hmm. Okay, I'll start with the gear one because we like gear and we like purchasing stuff and it's very easy to assume that if you're hitting a plateau of sorts that you need a better instrument, another another instrument, another keyboard, another guitar, whatever it may be, when actually you just need to sit the F down and put more time <laughs> into practicing. Um, I'm actually a fan of... Well, um, I think that there's some, something to this theory that there are certain songs hidden in certain instruments. Not every mm. guitar you play has like a song in them or the same song in them. So mm. having a, um, a variety of instruments and options laying around might actually help to be creative, but it becomes 
an issue when you start spending more time on researching gear and purchasing it than actually playing it. Mm, There is mm. a, a proper acronym for it gas gear acquisition syndrome if you ah if you never heard of this never heard of it no no uh yeah pretty uh, there are like really serious cases where people like of course um it's an addiction to purchase stuff right like yeah. uh buying addiction is nothing new and it's it's especially easy for musicians uh especially especially for guitar players because we can buy amps and s guitars and of course pedals um next up might be the keyboard players because of all those old school synths that you want to have um <laughs> mm. yeah um if you're like i quite suffer from this myself uh you need to like be aware of how much you're actually using the stuff um mm. that you buy and there's a difference between i need that to reach goal x or i want that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and it gets very easily out of hand because you as with everything like your threshold starts to to rise at first yeah. it's oh man 50 euros or 50 bucks whatever for a pedal uh, and you purchase a couple of pedals for 50 and suddenly you're at 100 yeah and, and you're at 200 and all of a sudden you're spending thousand bucks without thinking about it but uh buying a, like a pair of pants <laughs> mm, mm. for 30 euros might be on oh, oh no 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 i don't i, I need this uh, oh sorry i need this money for another pedal or another guitar or mm, whatever mm, mm. and that's where it gets complicated <laughs> mm, mm. i mean there's something to be said for buying gear because you've outgrown a certain bit of gear or you need it to do something else that then go ahead you know if you if you've got the money and you want it like go for it um, whether it's new guitar, new pedal, or whatever it is, but like you say, you can very easily just get caught up in, in like, okay, well, I've got this one pedal. Oh, that one's only 50 euros, though. Let's just mm. add that one in. Oh, and then that one's only a hundred, and it's used by these guitarists, so I'm definitely going to sound like them. Oh yeah, Isn't that's it? oh yeah, that's. <laughs> and he's like, no, you just need to play like more. Like yeah. some people have got some wonderful sound from really shit equipment. So, and that's the thing, right? Because production value has risen so much and it's even the the crap that comes from china china sounds so good like um the guitar brand holly benton is the um i think it's toman's own toman's brand. own brand yeah. yeah when i purchased my very first guitar which was a holly benton stratocaster mm. that thing was shit in yeah. 2004 i think four five whatever Dude, like the stuff they're releasing now, beautiful guitars and really of high value for a couple of hundred bucks. Some of, so the, you, some of their acoustics, because uh, I've bought a new acoustic. We'll talk about it on the next episode instead. But but some of their acoustics are as much as like Epiphone, Hummingbirds, and stuff like which of course are knockoffs of Gibsons. But yeah, but either way, they're not them sort of decent mid 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 range acoustics. And some of them cost as much as them now and play as well as them. And and I'm like, that's insane. This is a brand who was kind of a bit of a joke. Like yeah, one yeah. Like and you know, like a Behringer of instruments, a little bit of a joke, like mm, whatever. But some of their stuff is pretty solid. 
Yeah. For most players. I don't know if you gig with it. Maybe not. But but for most players, it's pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And what it, actually what you... If... Like that's something I started with and that many people advise who have been... Uh, who who fallen victim to gas, gear acquisition syndrome, uh, mm. is if something has been laying around for I don't know how many weeks and months, just sell it. Mm. And then mm. you can purchase something new. Exactly. And it's so not don't get always addicted. that easy, but... <laughs> so, so don't get addicted to gear. Yeah. yeah. What else have you got? Musical mistake. Well, take us through one more, then I'll pick some. Cool. Um, the next one will be... Hmm, I think I go with the open mic one. Oh, no, no, you start with the open mic. So I start with the open mic one. We'll go into it. It's going to be quick, by the way. Um, I This one actually balances two, so I'll do two quick. I have drunk way too much before gigs before, and I know everyone out there thinks you need alcohol to perform. I would actually say it's the complete opposite. Um, and nowadays, if I do perform, I actually don't drink at all before I do and then do afterwards because it doesn't help. <laughs> and then get all. fucking shit faced. <laughs> then I do get shit faced, but it doesn't, it does not help. And I've been too drunk to play gigs and I've still played through them. Uh, one was way back now, nearly 10 years ago, um, here in Malmo. And um, I was way too drunk before and I have videos of it and I'm not bad. I can still play, but it's, it's just not good. There's like stuff I'm like, no, just don't do that. <laughs> so switch that around. But this links me to the open mic one. Um, I've played open mics way too drunk as well and just sort of got up and played stuff that's far too complicated and it's turned out terribly. So don't drink before gigs or at least too much. Just don't. The worst open mic I ever did, though, was in Vietnam, which taught me the lesson of always rehearse or at least if you're with a band who apparently can improvise and keep up, at least always agree what key you're in and that they understand what a key is. Because I went to this open mic in um, Vietnam and I wanted to, it was really lovely, this bar, and it was really cool. And bless them, I feel so bad shitting on them because they were clearly just four local guys who can play. They can play their instruments, drums, bass, uh, guitarist, and then there was someone else also on guitar. They can obviously play their instruments. But their actual improvisational skills were subpar, let's <laughs> say. They're not great. And so trying to agree, even I know it's just, you know, it's an open mic. I was playing relatively easy four chord stuff, like, you know, covers and shit. And just trying to agree with them that not everything has to sound like Sweet Home Alabama <laughs> was impossible. Like so, I'd start playing a ballad, and it would suddenly go. Dun, 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 dun. I'm like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you actually doing?" I mean, like, it's in the key of F, and they'll start like on a fucking like D, and I'm like, "Hmm, okay, <laughs> this is confusing." Um, and so it was just like one of the lessons it really taught me is just rehearse, honestly, and. Of course, that's an open mic. You don't have a chance to rehearse. You have, you know, maybe 30 seconds of talk to be like, right, play these chords. You do that. You do this. Let's go. Which isn't quite the same thing. But if you do get the opportunity to practice, even if it's someone you know really well, and even if you feel uneasy on one thing, like one note or one chord or anything, 
just fucking play it again. Really just practice and rehearse again and again and again and again. You don't want to get it to the point where you completely zone out and just become a robot on stage, but really you could never, I don't think you can really rehearse too much actually. And that, that kind of taught me that. Um, and once I learned that lesson, whether it's an open mic or an actual paid gig, I think my quality got a lot better where I was like, no, I'd rather we just do one more pass or at an open mic. I'd rather we take just 30 seconds more to agree. These are the chords, right? Okay, cool. Um, because you end up looking like a twat if you don't, quite frankly. It's still the most embarrassing moment of my musical life, for sure. <laughs> but you've fucked up open mics as well, yourself, not someone else, but you. Yeah, yeah. I once, the, the only open mic I ever played, uh, I was the only guy with an electric guitar and I brought a looper with oh. me. Oh. <laughs> and that was actually... Yeah, it was my fault because I had an like a second. The looper was a Digitech Jam man, mm-hmm. and to add a second pedal to it, you had to connect it via a additional cable. And the Digitech pedals, the old ones, are like basically built like the Boss ones with the um, the switch where it's like this this plate that actually goes down to to toggle the the actual switch, you know. And uh-huh. the cable to the additional foot switch went underneath the plate so when i pushed down it didn't actually toggle the 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 actual switch properly so i never turned off the loop which i started and basically everything added on top on top on top on top on top ah shit without me having the time to pause sing whatever and there was a bunch of shit basically in the loop that went on for a couple of minutes very loud <laughs> and even a couple of mistakes in there oh no so i don't think anyone really noticed because let's be honest the audience on open mics aren't very like tech savvy or guitar no. savvy they mainly are there to listen to lyrics i think yeah and drink and that's mainly it and, yeah <laughs> but for like for yourself, it's always worse, right? You're like, oh my god, how, how can I even, <laughs> how mm, could I fuck mm. this up? But mm, yeah, it just mm. was like embarrassing for 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 myself. I was like, I had to stop it and actually, oh, can I can I have another go? Because mm. you only have a very limited amount of time on those open mics, and and yeah, <laughs> was, I forgot my guitar to a gig once. Yeah, That's- tell me about this one. Which is a very easy mistake to make. I took the bus from here to where the gig was, from where we are now in Malmo, and uh, completely forgot my guitar. That was all. I got there and suddenly realized, shit, I don't have a guitar. And luckily, the, one of the people who came to see me in the crowd had thought that um, we would probably end up jamming after the, after the uh, show. Anyway, it's a music bar and pub uh, not too far away from here. So he brought his guitar, so I just used his. But fucking hell, what novice <laughs> error. That is like really. I think it's because, as you know, being a sort of amateur musician is tough. You have to lug all your shit yourself. And I'd already got like a PA and an IKEA bag and a piano in its case, or like keyboard in its case, taking that with me. Got a stand over my like shoulder as well. And I think I just took all the stuff and just sort of forgot. Oh yeah, there's that thing in a backpack that also has to go on like as well, <laughs> or like that thing with shoulder straps. So I just completely forgot it. Absolutely forgot it. I got the cables. 
I got the capo, uh, got the plectrums, got everything. Just completely <laughs> forgot the guitar, yeah, the actual <laughs> instrument. <laughs> so, uh, and I that was the day I decided I'm going to do half my set guitar, half piano, and switch between the two like constantly. Yeah. Um, and so half of them were fucked basically. But luckily, John saved the day, and uh, he had his guitar with him. A beautiful, beautiful Gretsch uh, white acoustic guitar. Lovely thing. Uh, huge, great thing. So uh, he luckily let me play that, and that got me through. But, um, yeah, pretty fucking embarrassing. And it still was hard to do, because once you get used to your own guitar, nothing else quite feels the same. Like, it just yeah. doesn't. Like, And even though you know how to play... Somehow, when someone gives you their guitar, you're a bit worse. Like initially, <laughs> you just are. Oh, you're like, mm, this feels weird. Like yeah. something's just not right. So it took me a few songs to get into it and a bit more used to it. Then it was fine. But the first couple, I was really like, didn't really like it at all. <laughs> That's crazy. So, so don't forget your own shit to a gig is probably uh, that. I've also forgotten a microphone before. That was pretty embarrassing. But uh but I kind of hoped that the venue would have one. Did to they? Be honest, no. Huh? But there are music bar. It was in Berlin. We're not going to talk about them anymore. They're shut down. But um, they deserved it. Which one? They did was not it? have. It's a bar called. But we're going to blank that bit out. Yeah. It basically became like a drug den of sorts. Um, All right. Anyway, musical mistakes. Chris, you've got a couple more. One involves things not to do before a gig, but it's not alcohol. Yeah. I, to be fair, drinking too much before a show is uh, not that good of an idea. But I have to say, and I know that sounds <laughs> shitty, but I had great gigs while being blackout fucking drunk. <laughs> For you? <laughs> For everyone else? No, actually good shows. <laughs> like People actually came after the show. It was great. I once... I played a keyboard in a in a melodic death metal band and in disaster and I was so drunk I had to like steady myself with the keyboard because I used to headbang so much and when you're already dizzy and start to headbang everything gets worse yeah. so I hold myself on the keyboard while <laughs> twisting my head and almost fell into a, a amplifier which was so cool you, you were so drunk all the notes on the keyboard were grey. Yeah. <laughs> like they were just blended into one another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was, those were the, like the um, band contest uh, times. Dude, like oh, we were actually, yeah. we were pretty much known for arriving at the gig already, well, kind of drunk. We, we started to, to, um, to purchase not even beer cases anymore. We just went for the, uh, what's the word? Oh, uh, like the keg. Yeah, like <laughs> we went for a keg outside. We bought a kilogram of sausages and a keg of beer and started to get shit-faced before the show. And we actually uh, busted through the whole contest and uh, got first place. Wow. Yeah. We didn't play a single show sober. Not once. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't do so drugs, kids. Don't do drugs and drink. But smoking is yeah. the thing you said especially don't do. I used to smoke quite a lot. And sometimes it fucks with your voice. Uh, Who would have thought? Mm. Um, and I had this, not really high-pitched, but a like a belt uh, in one of the songs. And my voice just 
just did this <laughs> in the mm. middle of the song um and it's actually quite a like a quite a quiet part so everybody could hear me fuck up and that was just oh, okay i need to smoke less before a show mm. so don't smoke we'll summarize some of our mistakes don't forget your shit uh don't don't turn up to things completely unprepared and like try to practice don't drink too much before a gig don't smoke before a drink uh, before a drink before a gig don't try to f- don't take a looper to an open mic or if you do at least know how to use it uh, <laughs> yeah. don't purchase too many uh, pieces of nonsense gear that you don't need but what's your final one here because this is actually a lesson that i think even pros need to learn yeah that um be modest with your um <laughs> skill set uh, not every song needs a fucking virtuoso guitar solo uh less is more not according to Ingvi Malmsteen uh who's like how can less be more more is more which is pretty funny <laughs> it's also true but yeah <laughs> yeah uh no but i i fucked up performances and live performances and jams just because I wanted to show off just be <laughs> to, to to be honest with myself oh my my mic's doing some crizzling hang on so, oh, sorry uh yeah so sometimes you just need to calm the f down and pray uh, pray <laughs> yeah pray <laughs> the call the, the fuck down and pray <laughs> okay <laughs> Instead of inserting a guitar solo, just get on your knees and pray. So, <laughs> it's a worship gig. Yeah. The drummers lead in. It's your solo time, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, just um, play what the song actually requires to be a song. Not every song needs a solo. Which might be a prayer. Which might be a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, guitarists are very much guilty of this all the time. Everybody knows that guitar players can not shut up for the life of it, for the hell of it. Um, drummers sometimes as well. There is actually, there is, um, I love to watch band fails on YouTube. Mm. Oh my, so much, so a lot, because most of them happen to me. Yeah, and there's one. one, I think it's a, it's a worship gig. I think in a church, like, and they're playing a soft ballad, and the the drummer is playing on a shitty e drum set. It just (laughs) annihilates it with fills in between, like blast beats. (laughs) Yeah, to completely out of line, like objectively not suited for the song and you can see the visible confusion on the other band members faces <laughs> so great i love those things i think i sent you one a little while back and oh, it was man. like um it was uh i love it when it's like um drummer who thinks he's in a metal band or something oh is it the one with the costume Oh, the one with the costume, which I now think is a purposeful thing. Like, I think it's oh. become a thing, right? They're known for it, apparently. A friend of mine told me. But yeah, it did start when this guy, not not here, but at a kid's birthday party, decided, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm actually a metal drummer. Fuck you. I'm going to play metal fills and stuff. <laughs> so did. And then people were like, this guy's cool. So now it became a thing. And it's quite, apparently he's quite known for wearing costumes. 
But um, but I always love those kind of things where it's like you have been booked to the wrong gig. Like yeah. you're 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 really not part of this. Keep your ego in check. Yeah. Calm calm the fuck down. Sometimes guitarists really. Maybe a yeah. three note fill or a little riff or lick is all you need. Not seven hundred notes at once. Yeah, there's a time and a place for ejaculating on the fretboard, but uh, not every song, not all song long. <laughs> Maybe it helps. Something my wife said a long time ago. She said she thinks all guitar solos are masturbation. Yeah, they are. And so if you imagine yourself just masturbating on stage and how embarrassing that is in front of everyone, that maybe that will calm you down a bit sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to finish off the episode with the Desert Island playlist. I haven't updated it for a little while, so I'm going to go back and do that. But let's add a couple more tracks to it. Cool. What have you got to add to it this week? Uh, this week I have Paramore still into you which I think is one of the coolest love songs because it's not the usual whiny, oh my God, you're so cool thing, but actually cheerful and very honest. Um, yeah, a beat pop song. And mm. I think it's just a, uh, yeah, a, a, it, because it's different. It's not like, like I said, the usual pop thing you would expect about a love song, but uh, mm. Mm. how it actually feels to be in love, uh, especially at the beginning, like, cheerful mm. and mm. everything and yeah and Haley uh, Williams is her name Williams yeah of course is one of the greatest singer alive um, she's wonderful really yeah so I'm yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Steely Dan I mentioned them earlier very quickly HR the song I mentioned because while we were thinking of dr mistakes the drum click in the middle maybe think of that song and uh, it's worth listening to. One of the best mixed tracks ever. The actual album on vinyl, I think, is held up as one of the best mastered recordings ever. Um, along with like Supertramp, Breakfast in America, and a few others. Oh, yeah. These are sort of like the top quality sound. Um, I have both on vinyl, actually, so I'm quite lucky. But um, Nice. And they sound superb. So Ajar, the whole album is great, but the song is eight minutes of jazz rock kind of fusion. It's really good. And the drumming, speaking of Gavin Harrison earlier, this it's similar sort of vibe. None of the fills are the same. It's always sort of adapting. It's really, really cool. So um, love that track. Yeah. That's got a stupid name. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode. Thank cool. you very much for listening. It's a long one, but we've been away for a while. So uh, we're, we're uh, not keeping our egos in check. The next episode, the end of year Christmas time special. Are you going to do a special jingle for it? Hell fucking yeah. I got my, I got my ring here. Hang on. Ho fuckity ho. <laughs> oh, he's got, a, he's got a tambourine. Oh, nice. wow. That clipped the mic. Holy fuck. It did. It did a lot, but it's fine. He's, uh, he's got a tambourine for next time. Tambourine. That's the word I was looking for. And if it doesn't have a ho, ho, ho at the end, ho, 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 I'm going to be disappointed <laughs> for sure. I'm going to get an actual Rudolph. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Although reindeers kind of make ugly noises. Yeah. They, noise re they kind of snort. They're not very... Do they? Yeah. yeah. Kind of weird. <laughs> I think. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But yes, we'll see you on the next episode where we talk about uh, our awards for the year, things we liked from the past year, music-wise, 
And uh, that will be that. We'll summarize our year, things we love, and talk about Christmas and probably Christmas music. And every single Christmas song sucks. Um, <laughs> should we get eggnog for the episode? Oh, we totally should. Let's just get drunk at 11 o'clock yeah. when, when we do it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> on a Sunday. <laughs>